welcome back to Chit Chat and Chai. And before we begin, I just have to share because I am a proud grandma of a grandson, Mia. Congratulations. Thank you. I am that grandma who shows pictures. Ask me how I am. You get a picture of my grandson. (laughs) um, So I had to get that out of the way. But um, we have a guest on our show, Pramika, who does our social media. And she's going to be on this episode to give us her perspective on the topics that we're going to discuss today. Hi, happy to be here. Super excited. Welcome, Pramika. Thank Welcome, you. Welcome, Pramika. So, RC, do you want to um, read one of the questions that we got from someone and we thought it would be kind of good to discuss? Yeah, sure. So, the question is, hi, recently my boyfriend and I had a conversation about the living situation with in-laws post-marriage. I shared how I felt, which is I don't want to live under one roof. I don't mind a few months, but that's about it. I thought he would understand just because he knows how traditional and quote unquote backward his parents are and how polar opposite opposite they are from my parents. He is saying that I'm not going in with a positive mindset. He is saying, how do we how do you know problems will arise if you haven't tried? He mentioned how we can plan to live for one year and see how it goes. I mentioned how I would want my siblings and parents to come and visit and stay over and they wouldn't do it if they were living with, if we were living with his parents. And his reaction was, oh, why can't they? Why can't they stay? They can, it's not an issue. He's just not understanding what I'm trying to say and I'm afraid a year later, what if he just continues wanting to live with his parents? I won't be able to change or do anything. Has anyone gone through something similar? I'm not sure who's right in this situation. I know a lot of people (laughs) go through situations like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So who would like to speak first about this? I was just going to say, I know in um, my parents' generation, this was not even questioned. It was just taken for granted that you will live with the in-laws. Um, in our situation, we didn't have that because we moved to America and usually our in-laws lived in a different country. Um, so, and this came up when my daughter was growing up too. She said one of her things was she doesn't mind living with in-laws if one was widowed or they were elderly and needed medical help. But other than that, she felt that it was really important for her and her husband to have their privacy and live their own lives. Um, till it was absolutely necessary to help the, um, any parent. Um, yeah, Ritu, what about you? So it's funny because um, I grew up in a family where personally I didn't have um, a joint family, right? But my extended family in India was all living under one roof. You know, my aunts and uncles, everybody was a joint family situation as most families were in India. So. Whenever I went there on a holiday, it seemed really cool, kind of like, oh, everyone's getting along and the cousins are all, you know, together all the time. And I thought to myself, I wouldn't, this wouldn't be so bad if I got married and I lived in a joint family. I think this would kind of be okay. So I get married and sure enough, my husband did have his parents and his brother, sister-in-law and their daughter. And we all lived under one roof. My ideal perception, I honestly came with that perception was, this is going to be kind of fun. We're all going to do things together. You know, my sister-in-law and I are going to be like best buddies and this and that. And, you know, I would do the typical daughter-in-law thing with my mother-in-law and 
um, help her in the kitchen and take care of stuff. And they would love me like my, their own daughter. And well, sure enough, did that little bubble explode fast. <laughs> yeah. It freaking well wasn't like that at all. <laughs> the, the biggest thing, and I would think I was very naive, is that you are dealing with very um, different personalities. Everyone's got their own likes, dislikes. You are coming into a family that's already been there, they've established their ways, they know how their unit works. You're the outsider and and I'm talking mostly the girls because that's usually what happens. And you have to pick up on their way of living, whether you are used to that or not. In my case, the food was different. I came from a North Indian family, Rajasthani family, Gujarati to a Gujarati family. The food was different. Um, the, the language was different. The culture was different. And so not to put a bad, just a complete negative on it, but it was very, very difficult. Trying to have privacy, especially if you're newly married, you know, it didn't happen. And I'll go to the extent of when you're having your private moments with your husband in the, in your bedroom, you're worried that someone's gonna hear you. These are little things, but sure enough, it's a problem, right? And um so intimacy or you know if you are having a bad day you can't express it because people around you are going to think that they've done something wrong or then the mother goes to the son and says did i say something to her and you know why is she pissed off at me and it just becomes a whole different animal to deal with your husband do you feel is always going to take the side of his family you know and you feel like they're going to gang up on you because you're the only one so i could go on and on <laughs> <laughs> but to this person, I will say, hell no, don't do it. <laughs> yes, again, it's okay for a few months and it might be okay if you need to financially set yourself up or something, get their help. But the better relationship is live close by. If you have to live in a two bedroom apartment, close to your parent-in-laws, your relationship will be better. You will probably appreciate one another much more. And it's not that they're bad people. They're, prob they're probably absolutely brilliant people. But just having that little bit of a distance in between will keep your relationship a heck of a lot stronger, getting to the point where you just feel like you're each getting to each other's throats and you're just, you just had it. You don't want to see them again. That's what I would say. But RC? You want to chime in? So I've lived with um, in-laws since the day I got married. My husband had asked me that question when we had first met that, um, are you okay living with in-laws? I've grown up seeing it. Um, I was only 19 when he asked me that question. Um, to me, it was the same thing, hum saat saat type of a thing. <laughs> so didn't know any better. But um, I remember my husband saying that, if we don't live together now and build a relationship later on, if they were to move in, it would be very difficult. And my in-laws um, were a lot older. My husband is the youngest of four. So um, it would have been more difficult because I would have been probably set in my ways and the way I do things. So for them coming in, it would have been 
difficult. I don't know if he just said that for the sake of saying it, but that's how he said that. It lay um to build relations and everything live together. There's going to be some hard times and everything, but you know what? That's how relationships grow. Um, it was a very tough five years, and um, but yeah, um, it, it, it we've been together for thirty years. But nowadays, I think it is very difficult because um, the next generation, as Pramika will probably answer this question, I think um, their mindsets are different, um, their lifestyles are different, um, their personalities are different. So um, that's what I, I would agree with both of you is that I would probably say if he's saying try for a year, it's not going to be only a year. Once mm -hmm. they're in, they're in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I... I feel like I'm very lucky because I grew up living with my parents and grandparents. So my dad's parents lived with my mom and my dad since the day they were married. Um, so I got to see the good and the bad and I got to grow up with the good and the bad. So I have the fondest memories of my parents being able to go to work or do whatever they wanted. And I would still have a set group of people to drive me to school so my grandparents would go take me take me back um and i enjoyed it my siblings enjoyed it um but the older and older you get the more you see how much of an angel your mother is um it's it's very interesting um i even think personally when i was in college i never once even lived with someone like my parents were so nice. They they got me apartments that I never had to have a roommate um, and I never had to interact with people. And it's so funny that they were so happy and ready to do that. Um, but my mom still always had to live with her in-laws. Um, and it's just so interesting. Um, also, there are little sweet parts. Like when my parents got married, my mom is from Uttar Pradesh and she's always been a vegetarian. And my dad is Punjabi and they used to eat chicken. And once they got married, my parents, my grandpa gave up meat. He was like, oh, we're going to be a joint house. I'm going to do something for my granddaughter, my daughter-in-law, because like, she's going to do so much for us. Um, so that's super nice. And I love the little sweet parts that you see come to fruition. Um, when I turned 16, my grandpa started getting older and he was like, I want like my own place. So I can like age and be comfortable with coughing whenever I want and just like existing as an old person. He was very self-aware of that. Um, and we got so lucky that the house next door to us actually came on sale. And my dad was like, jumped at the opportunity. So ever since I was 16, they were our next door neighbors. And I think I saw a shift in a positive way. There was never any turmoil in my household, but I think distance does make the heart grow fonder. So just like Rituanti was saying, you can have an apartment nearby your parents or in-laws. I think that's like a more positive, easy way. You know, it's just too many cooks in the kitchen. I really think like sharing a house is so difficult. Also, like no husband wants to deprive their mother and their wife of the same thing, right? So when my parents built a house, they built a house that had two master bedrooms because what are you supposed to do? Give your parents the smaller bedroom upstairs or are you supposed to take the smaller bedroom? Like like just the littlest things, um, they, they can be considered disrespectful 
Um, so I think it's important. Yeah, this girl, I, I wish her the best, but one year is you're going to be trapped. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like mm -hmm. this woman is going to be trapped. Um, yeah. And I also think this makes living in a joint family seem so negative, but in actuality, like women's apprehension towards it is because you want to be respectful of your in-laws and it's easier to be respectful when you have your own space. I think that's like a very important distinction. I think I've seen the, the evil daughter-in-law trope just as much as I've seen the evil mother-in-law trope at this point. Like I think a lot of American girls my age, we're so apprehensive to live with in-laws, but it, and it's always skewed in this negative way. But I think it really should be like, I want to be respectful. I want to treat them like the best guests on the planet. Um, and like, you can't treat them the best always when they're right next to you at all times. You know what I mean? So that's my opinion. Girl, stick up for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> if you do have the choice, the answer is keep your independence. Don't forget your responsibilities, uh, but keep your independence. One more thing that's funny um, is there's this meme that's very popular amongst people my age. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but people make jokes about how your dad's side is like the evil side. They call them the snakes. You know, you think and you wonder like, why? Why does everyone have this similar experience of like, everybody always favors their mom's side, like whether it's the mom's parents or the moms like cousins and uncles and aunties and it's literally because distance makes a heart grow fonder like I think about like the cousins I have on my dad's side all of them are in America versus all of the cousins I have on my mom's side all of them are in India so I've only ever had few experiences with those Indian cousins and I hold them to the highest respect and I've never fought with them. And I look at them so fondly as opposed to like my American cousins. I'm like more tough on them because I see them all the time. Um, and so, yeah, it's just an interesting thing. And, and I think people should think about that more often than not. And I just want to go back. I didn't want to disrespect the fact that living in a joint family is not the right thing to do, or it may work in many, in, in many circumstances. And I had that ideal thought in my head too, that it would be a lovely way to kind of all blend together. But the reality is that I was 22 when I got married and came to, to the family. My mother-in-law was in her mid fifties. Um, she said in her ways, I am 22. Uh, I'm just wild, gregarious, um, growing adult, or, you know, I am an adult, but at that time is still very immature. So to put that combination together, my mother would probably forgive all my transgressions. If she did this and that's fine, it's my daughter. But when it's not your biological mother, those things can't be taken for granted. And the other way around, I don't look at this woman as my biological mom and I can feel like I can tell her what I feel in my heart and stuff. You hold back. And that is where I think, you know, the problems start and it's usually between the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law more or less always what could be an ideal situation and you could have great family get-togethers became one where you're just like okay i don't want to see these people again i just don't want to be at dinners anymore and and stuff which is not good because these are your family it becomes yeah. territorial i think it's also a communication issue you don't express your feelings she won't express her feelings they just keep getting 
um, added up, it boils up within you, and then it takes a toll um, in the long run. Whereas had you said, I don't feel like cooking dinner tonight, I'm tired, I don't, you know, I need to rest. And maybe she wouldn't like it for the first few times, but then she would also maybe say, well, I, I don't feel like doing this today, I'm tired. You know, had that communication been open, which is, is not in our culture, which is why it leads this to be such a big issue, it would eliminate so many problems. And the worst thing is you and your mother-in-law are having disagreements, arguments, you know, personality issues. The worst thing is to see which side your husband takes mm -hmm. or how is he going to handle it. And if you don't like how he handles it, that can also cause issues between you and him. Yeah, that was an interesting topic. And I mean, I really loved Pramika's um, insight. It was uh, very wise. I was just going to say it's good for the kids because I grew up in a joint family have fond memories, but I also remember my mom slamming dishes and stuff because here she has to cook breakfast, lunch, dinner for my mother-in-law, whether she wants to or not. And, you know, you have those moments too, which we don't get to see. Exactly. But women have to live through it day in and day out. So in conclusion, all of us agree that the girl in question should be living separate. Don't give in. If, if you yeah. want a good relationship with your future in-laws, yes. And it also is giving her an insight as to how this guy's mindset is. If he's pushing her into a situation that she's not comfortable, she needs to rethink. Good point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, do you guys like use the word gaslighting ever? He is gaslighting her. I think proposing like a year of living with the in-laws is so gaslighting for sure. It's a subtle way of luring her in and saying, look, it's going to be fine. I'm here for you. We're in it now. Now we can't separate. Now we can't do this. Now we can't do that. So yeah, yeah. if that's what gaslighting means for me. Okay, so um, question number two. I wanted to see what you all's, I'm going to say in the Texas way. I wanted to see what y'all's thoughts were on type, quote unquote. I've heard multiple times the quote, your type is just your trauma. Of course, this isn't always true. I'm sure there are many people out there in very in very happy relationships with people exactly their type. But for those of you who end up with someone who isn't your type, how exactly are they not your type? Physically, is it personality-wise? A mix of both. Something else entirely. After a disastrous situationship with someone who was physically exactly my type i've tried to be more open to dating guys who aren't my type physically but still good looking guys who were nice and i just found myself not at all attracted to them and completely bored with the conversation not interested in getting to know them more and counting the minutes until the date was over so when people say to consider someone not your type do they mean physically or is it something more than that i was a little confused with this question so can i have you guys kind of explain to me what you got out of it like i don't understand her question except that she's looking for her type she hasn't found it is it physical is it personal like i'm not understanding her question pramika what do you what do you get out of it okay so i can answer this for you so she has a type physically so let's say she likes a guy with blonde hair and blue eyes okay she's been dating guys that have blonde hair and blue eyes and recently she had a bad experience with one of them so then she went on a date with a guy with brown hair and brown eyes and she was like oh like it's okay but we don't click because like physically i'm not attracted to him 
So now she's wondering when people say type, do they mean changing up your type in a physical way if it hasn't worked so far, if you haven't been successful in finding your person, or does she mean their personality type? Personally, I think when people say change your type, typically they mean physically, but I think in general, she should probably change her type. If it if you haven't found someone yet, it, I'm not saying it's your fault, but I think open up the type that you are interested in. Everybody has like, you know, their own attraction to certain people. I think about like, oh, who is my type? And I automatically think of Indian guys, but like, I feel like I was just brainwashed because my parents were like, please date an Indian guy. <laughs> but now that really is my type. So like, yeah, in a way I was sort of brainwashed, but I could just like, right now in my life as a 24 year old single girl, I don't think I could imagine not being with an Indian guy. Um, so that's my type physically um personality wise i don't know nice and funny but like isn't that what every girl wants like a nice and funny guy so yeah i feel like in terms of what she's looking for it's like she needs to look for someone physically different than what her type has been traditionally i don't know what did you guys think i am gonna go the anti route and just say <laughs> physically should be the least of your problems there has to be a connection or a click you know, I mean, so if the guy makes you laugh and he's smart and he's settled and, um, you know, you you guys connect on the same level. Um, again, I'm also 60 years old, so I'm over this physical attraction business. Um, I just feel like, OK, then overlook everything else because you're going to be happy in the long run with this person. Um, that's my auntie take on it. OK, so I got a little bit of clarity on what this question is about. Um, I agree with you, Mala, that, you know what, physical is not as important as, and it is somewhat important, but personality is important because of that click thing. But what I'm seeing nowadays, and Pramika, maybe you can, you know, tell me if this is truth or, you know, wrong, that you have to have some physical connection, liking what face you see. And then you can open yourself up to whether the guy is like dorky or, you know, funny or not. But that initial, I think, is huge. Yeah, I think we're in the world of dating apps. I think it's made everybody somewhat superficial because that is the first thing you see is like the picture of the person. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, even like I have an older sister. So we've been sent biodatas before. And like, first thing you see is a picture. It's it's not words about the person. Um, so I don't know. I think that I'm more on the auntie side of things when it comes to looking at guys um, or looking at like your potential partner, whether you're a man looking for a woman or whatever it is, just because, um, I don't know, I, I do feel shallow when I reject people just based off of their looks. I think it's also so interesting, like, I can see a guy and let's say he's a five out of 10 physically on a dating app. I would never swipe right. Why would I swipe right on a five out of 10 guy, right? But if I meet that five out of 10 guy in person and he is funny, tell me why does he turn into a nine? Mm -hmm. So really and truly like do physical looks matter that much? I'm not saying that these guys are ugly, but let's say they're just not your type and that's why they're the five. Okay, but in person, if your vibes match, if your personalities match, that five automatically turns into an eight or nine. 
And that eight or nine, that could be your person for the rest of your life. I, th- I think it's super interesting. I'm single, but like my parents saw each other and fell in love. Like they were a love marriage as opposed to an arranged marriage. Um, but I have always loved the idea of arranged marriage. <laughs> I've always, I was in eighth grade. I told my parents, I was like, just find someone for me. That would be awesome. Because like, what is, I think that's just such a sweet concept that like your parents know you the best in the whole world and like know you physically, know you what you look like even. And if they can find you someone that they think is like worthy of your love and attention, then go for it. You know what I mean? So I'm in like, I'm praying my parents find someone because I'm single out here. But yeah, that's I why she's like, with the auntie group. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm with the aunties right now instead of a boyfriend. But yeah, I think that physical attraction, it, it's very important to a lot of people these days. Um, but I just think like people are people. Everybody is, my mom always used to say, everybody is God's creature. And like everybody is just such a different perspective. Like someone could look at me and think I'm a two, and then somebody else could look at me and think I'm a 10. It's just so opinionated and for what my husband and i i don't think we had an arranged marriage i don't think if we would have been in college we would even have been friends let alone married because we're so different but yet we got married and we made it work i don't want to say opposites attract because we're not exactly opposites but like i said i don't even know if we would have been friends um in college but yet we got married and we made it work so that's interesting too because he's definitely not what i would say my type i think Ritu, you would agree with me on that one too, right? Yeah, I mean, if I really look deep down, and again, the arranged marriage situation is what happened with me. Yeah, my husband isn't what I would quote unquote say my type. If I think now what is my type, I I would definitely not, it would not be my husband. And he's a nice guy. He's, uh, you know, very good person, everything fine. But like you said, if we met as college friends or something, probably I would never have thought, oh yeah, I want to date him or something. And he's my type. But I do think, yeah, I mean, eye candy is important. So it is looks. And especially in this day and age, definitely a lot of emphasis is put on looks. But don't think that it's just all about that because there could be something way deeper that you're missing and that could be a fantastic individual. So basically uh, be open-minded, you yeah. know, not just be, unless it's really bad, <laughs> like really, you just can't get over that, you know, that haircut and you just can't see, yeah, yeah, something is just piercing. I get it. But otherwise um, try to be open-minded, I guess. But don't you guys go to parties sometimes and you see a couple and I will do this and I'm just like, how the hell are they so happily married? Because they don't look like they should be together. They don't. I would never have put these two people together and yet they've got a beautiful um, relationship. So we do in our minds put quote unquote type, you know, we do have a picture of what type of a couple. Oh my God, Mala, you said that. You said that, and the first thing that came to my mind is, oh my God, how are they together? They're just like so opposite. They're not even, how did they even get together? That's what goes to my mind sometimes when I see couples. He's not, you know, like why, what did she see in him? You know, I mean, just, or vice versa, (laughs) you know, whatever. So I'm going to just quote here, um, going to the Mahabharata, right? Draupadi, 
she had five husbands. And the reason being is in her previous life, she had asked for, she, or she had asked for five particular virtues in man that she wanted. That was the, her type. He had to be handsome. He had to be a great, um, intelligent thinker. He had to be strong. He had to be very good looking and very gentle. All these five virtues. And, you know, ideally, was she going to find one man with everything? That wasn't going to happen. So um, when people asked her or told her, like, you have five husbands, that's pretty abnormal thing to have or, you know, not the right thing to do. Well, Krishna said, you wanted five of these items. You're not going to find them in any single person. So you have to marry five. So if this girl wants to go find someone, she has to find maybe. <laughs> so somebody's got uh, all these different things. She's going to have to maybe find five. And you could be completely... <laughs> living a, a wonderful life <laughs> okay so rituati is advocating for polygamy now <laughs> you know men have had that going on for years like men can marry i don't know how many women in different different parts of the world so who's talking about marriage you can just have exactly. him on the side <laughs> exactly exactly one day and all be like happy just be happy in life that's all there you go. Live like Draupadi. <laughs> <laughs> this was interesting. So um, Pramika is going to, is helping us bring up our social media um, coverage and, and give us more boosts out there. And we hope that we get more followers and listeners. So please tune in to your to our episodes. If you have any suggestions, reach out. Um, and you can message, message us on Facebook or Instagram. We'd love to hear. And again, we picked up a couple of uh, questions here. We could always answer other questions too. So RC, you had something to say? Well, I was just gonna you know, back you up on that. You know, Send us any topics that you would like for us to discuss. We're trying to, you know, not only talk about our generation and create more awareness, um, but we would also like to see how we can bridge the next generation. And we as aunties, parents, uh, moms, um, you know, connect with the next generation. It was great having Brahmika and her insight. A wise old soul, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for having me. This was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Any questions you want to ask us on either of the questions or I mean, like anything you would like to ask us? I mean, I, I just love that all of y'all had arranged marriages. I think that's so interesting. What a concept. I think it also is just so interesting that all three of you had arranged marriages and these topics just so happen to like line up with that. Um, especially yeah. like the, the idea of type. I don't know. That's just something that's not really spoken of in terms of arranged marriage. Like, I feel like it's always the guys looking at pictures of girls. And mm -hmm. then the girls always just end up saying yes, typically, like, whoever's like a viable option. Women just never really care if someone's bald or fat or anything. But like men care. <laughs> it's just yeah. interesting. What a double standard. But it is. Yeah. What it Hopefully is. it's changing. Well, this was good. Um, so until next time, everyone, we will see you again in a couple of weeks. Till we meet again, remember life is not short. Life is unpredictable. So always, always strive to stay happy. And add a little spice to your life. And join us again for a little chit chat and chat. <laughs>